This is the Horse Radio Network. Welcome back to the Rain in Your Herd podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode where we will teach you how to harness the power of the internet to grow your online herd. I'm Laura. And I'm April. We can't wait to watch your business grow when you implement what you learn from the podcast. Whether you own a stable or a boarding facility, offer riding lessons and horse training, or are building an online membership for equine education, these tips can help you get more clients. Thanks for tuning in. If you're enjoying the podcast, please, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. If you share your business name in your review, you just might hear it in a future episode. You may or may not have noticed by now, but you can listen to Rain in Your Herd on the Horse Radio Network website or on their podcast app. We are really excited to be teaming up with them. In other exciting news, this episode marks our one full year of producing this podcast. Laura and I decided to dive into a topic that we think is extremely important for the equine industry for professionals of all kinds, trainers, barriers, e-commerce, therapists, and so many other equine businesses. So many horse owners put all their efforts into developing their trade, whether that be um, training, becoming a better farrier, becoming a better instructor, becoming a better photographer. And that's really great. And it's really important to be really good at what you do. But as a business owner, you can't forget that you're a CEO and your success depends on your ability to bring in clients and make money. So you have to also put time and resources into building the business side of your business. And that's just something that we really see lacking across the board in the equine industry. So we want to talk about it today. So in the first half of this podcast, we are going to talk about how you can think like a CEO and three ways that you can really embrace that CEO mindset. So way number one is making decisions based off of data and not so much off of emotion. So if you really, really love posting on Instagram, but it's never brought you a client, it's time to take a good hard look at where you're spending that time. And that may mean that you need to invest in a coach or a social media expert to help you do better on Instagram or just stop doing it. And I think a lot of times people get really invested in, you know, I have to keep doing this thing because everyone else is doing it and it's what it's going to eventually bring me success and they keep doing it and they keep doing it even though it's really just draining their energy and taking their time and not working for them. So this is us giving you permission. Um, if something really isn't working in your business, it's totally okay to stop doing it. Yeah. On another hand, if something is costing you more money than you're making, it's time to do something about it. So a common example of if it costs you more money in gas to travel to someone to serve them, than you make off them, you need to increase your prices. And if you think, well, that person's not going to pay that, then you need to stop having them as a client because it's not okay for your clients to cost you money. You end up resenting them. You don't provide them the level of service that they deserve. And then you really, it just doesn't, it doesn't serve you and it doesn't serve them. And it just leaves negativity on all sides of the table. So really look at, you know, is this working for me? And isn't, is it not? If it's not, make a change or stop doing it. There's no rules that say you have to keep going forever. Yeah. And the, just to like say more on that too, is that yeah. big thing is marketing minutes. I know um, that's what I've kind of implemented for myself. And you might even see that I'm on Instagram a little bit, but I don't get a lot of clients from Instagram. So I'll post it here and there, 
just because um, I want to see that I'm still active. But I have started to do like I'm actually on LinkedIn for 30 days and I'm actually going to really commit to that platform for 30 days, do my marketing minutes every day. It's in my calendar to reach out to the people that are related to what I'm trying to do or help with them and such. And I think that's, you know, that's what's giving me all that data information and I'm not really choosing off of emotion. I'm choosing off what's best for my business. So that's one thing that I've really implemented is the marketing minutes. I thought yeah, I'd share that. It's, it's <laughs> not nearly as like sexy and exciting to say that like I have 5,000 connections on LinkedIn as is to say I have a huge audience on Instagram. But if that's what works for your business, which I think as you grow into your bigger offers and really take on that technical side is where you mm -hmm. probably should be, that's what you have to do. So that's the perfect example of yeah. putting down the emotion. And then the last part of really making decisions based off data and not emotion is, you know, stuff's going to go wrong in your business. Stuff goes wrong all the time. <laughs> we can tell you all, we could do a whole episode on stuff that's gone wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Especially when it comes to tech. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really, really, really important to learn from your mistakes and move on instead of wallowing in self-doubt and letting it slow you down. So if you take on a client that wasn't an ideal client, or if you screw up and you don't serve a client in the way that you meant to, or you wanted to, um, you know, I can always give the example of a typo in a client's comment or in a client's content that will always put me in at least an hour of wallowing in self-hatred because I'm better than that. And I should never let that happen. But at the same time, I'm putting out hundreds of social media posts a month and sometimes it happens. <laughs> um, but I, you know, spending time wallowing in self-doubt and hatred doesn't serve me. Mm -hmm. You know, taking a look at my processes and making sure that, you know, my VA is double checking for me, making sure that I'm running everything through extra software and making sure that I never put something out the same day that I create it. Those are systems I can put in place to prevent that from happening. That takes my business a lot farther than wallowing in self-doubt and self-hatred. So this is a hard thing to practice, but if you can really dig deep into, okay, you know, that didn't go the way I wanted to, what am I going to do differently next time? Instead of that didn't go the way I wanted to, I suck as a business owner and as a horse person and I should quit now. Changing your mindset around that and really taking action off of it is going to propel you so much farther than you can ever imagine. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, as long as you're serving and doing what you're saying you're trying to do in your business and you're still accomplishing that over a long term, then it's fine. I mean, if you think about, just refer to the stock market, like if you think back in 29 and all of this happened, but if people left their money in the stock market, it still grew, even though that huge, I guess you would want to refer to it as a mistake or something wrong happened, it still grew over time. Like your money still, so even with a mistake in this, like it'll still grow if you're staying consistent, it's still showing up, still doing what your why is in your business. I guess that's what I'm trying to <laughs> No, you're totally right. And when, you know, when you look at, look at business levels, business owners have incredibly high business owners who are at an incredibly high level of success. They still make mistakes. Like Elon Musk took that big metal thing and like threw it through the window of the, <laughs> the tesla truck yeah, and it baseball smashed the window yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he like stopped for a minute but guess what the tesla truck's still gonna come out and it's still gonna make a ton of money even though i think it's the ugliest thing i've ever seen in my life 
<laughs> but you know, that, that's not going to go away. And so we just have to really practice, you know, if you're not making mistakes, you're not pushing yourself hard enough. So practicing learning from them and moving on is super important. And so the number two way you can really think like a CEO is planning for the future. So really commonly in my discussions with, um, with business owners, you know, if you join my Facebook group, I always try to reach out to you, talk to you, find out what's going on. A lot of times people tell me they're just trying to make it to the end of the month and then they can start working on their business more, or they're just trying to make it until, you know, their kid goes into kindergarten and then they can start working on their business more, whatever it is. And that's a really tough thing to overcome, but it's super, super important that you plan for 10 years from now, not for tomorrow. Because if I'm always thinking, what do I have to do today to make it to tomorrow? I'm always going to feel behind. I'm never going to get ahead and I'm never going to reach those really like long-term goals that I have for my future. Mm-hmm. And so you have to have a long-term vision for your future. Um, and so if you really struggle with, I don't set goals because I just let myself down or I can't let myself have that vision because I, I don't think I'm capable of it. I really want to encourage you to reach out to a business coach or a life coach and figure out how you can overcome that because thinking every day about where you want to be in 10 years, you will eventually get there. I remember when I was in college and I used to wake up in the morning and I would hate leaving my dog. Hate it. Same dog that's at my feet right now, fast asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and he would give me his big brown sad eyes and, oh, you're leaving again, mom. And I would think someday... I'm going to be able to work from home and I'm not going to have to leave him. And, you know, I dreamed about it and I kind of thought it was never possible, but here I am. I've been a year and a half of working from home and he's happier than he's ever been. Um, And so I, I let myself have that dream and it came true. And so now my dreams are bigger, but it's always important to have that long-term vision. And then whenever you make a decision in your business, whether it's going to be, are you going to invest in a program? Are you going to invest in, you know, new facilities, a new location, a new, you know, whatever it is, don't think about, is this going to get me to tomorrow or next week? Think about how does doing this in my business affect my long-term vision and my long-term goals, not only for the future of your business, but the future of your life. Mm -hmm. So I often see when people get in a a spot of trouble, they start creating new offers or they slash prices or they make decisions just to get through the end of the day. But if you can kind of sit in your discomfort and have a rough month, but maintain the integrity of your business for the long term, you're going to see such better results than if you start making short-term decisions that don't serve you over the next 10 years. Yeah. And then, yeah, because for me, myself, and Laura knows this too, that I do vision boards. And so I, I know what I want in my future. Um, I mean, I, of course it can, you know, it's okay if it shifts too, like as your business will grow, like our business has, both of our businesses have shifted a lot and, uh, it's okay. Like, um, even if our plans do grow or such, but just to have that long-term, you know, goal, but I have my vision board and every now and again, I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally put this on my vision board and it's working and I'm seeing it every day or I'm writing down my goals every day or such. And like they say, it's like 40% more chance for it to happen if you're writing it down, if you're having those goals. And then if you're writing it down consistently, there's even more, 10 times more likely chance of it happening. So 
those are just some fun things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it doesn't have to all be really serious either. You guys, I have chickens on my vision board. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I have some funny things too. I can't, uh, it's not in front of me right now, but yeah, I have some funny things too. But I mean, that's just like really part of owning your own property. Like, right. As soon as yeah. I- as soon as I sign, sign on the dotted line, I'm going to the feed store and getting some chickens. That's not really going to take a whole lot. <laughs> but it's what you want. so It's what I want. So it's yeah. on my vision board. Yeah. 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 So, yes. So you can make it fun. You can make that, you know, you don't have to put a ton of pressure on yourself having that long-term vision. But the fact that it's there and it exists is extremely important. Um, and then our third thing is your pricing. You have to price like a CEO and that it starts with your mindset and it filters out into your business strategy. It's extremely important. So we really, really commonly see people pricing things based on, well, anyone can afford this. So I'll get a lot of clients because I made it super affordable. And April, you had a great like price equals. Well, they pay to pay attention. Um, price makes them pay attention. They pay yes. to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. So that is really, really true in that, you know, I've been part of some groups that I didn't pay very much for, or the perfect example is a free challenge. Free challenges can be incredible, but you have to know that you're going to get a lot of people involved and a small percentage of them are actually going to be active because they didn't pay for it. So they don't see not invested. huge value. They are not invested. Now, when I invest in my business coach and give her thousands of dollars, you better bet your butt I pay very close attention to that because I, I paid a lot of money for it and I need to make sure that it works out for me, which it does. I make sure that it works out for me. So do not price based on what you think people can afford because at the end of the day, and Shelly Whitehouse says, you know, it's none of your business based on what they can afford. And she's right. It's like, you have no idea where people are going to value what you do and where they're going to put it on their list of things that I need to afford. You have no idea and you have no control over that. I have no control over when someone comes to me and I know that I can help them and change their business, but they can't afford to work with me. I can't control that. I can't change that. The only thing I can do is be there for them and ready to serve them when they are ready for me. So you want to price based on, you know, you really need to know your costs. That is so important. You know, if you have horses as part of your business, that's vet fees, that's hay, that's, you know, every time you worm, you vaccinate, the hay masks, all the little stuff that every time you go to the feed store and whoops, I spent $300. Trust me, I know how that goes. Every <laughs> <laughs> like every time, I can't expense MJ in my business, unfortunately, but if horses are part of your business, you can expense all of that. And your pricing on the front end should be covering your bad decisions at the feed store on the back end. <laughs> So know those costs, you know, take a whole year and track everything you spend because, you know, even if you calculate your teeth floating, your farrier fees and all the stuff that you know is going to happen every year, unexpected stuff crops up too and your pricing needs to cover that as well. So know your exact costs and then really don't undercut your competition because they're going to lose respect for you and everyone who looks up your pricing and then looks at your competition is going to assume you're the lowest quality on the market and you're going to attract low quality clients. They're not going to be ideal clients and they're going to drain your energy as you serve them. So we've said a lot about don't, I can't tell you exactly what to price because I don't know what your costs are. I don't know where you live. I don't know what you're doing. 
but I can say as a CEO, you need to be charging a minimum of $50 an hour. And that $50 an hour isn't just when you're actively working with the client. It's when you're traveling. It's when you're tacking up that horse. It's when you're preparing to serve that client, doing whatever you do. You know, I used to offer strategy sessions that took me two hours to prepare. And then I did two hours with the client. So I charged $250 for those because it wasn't just the two hours with the client. It was the whole thing. So a minimum of $50 an hour, but go back and make sure that you're making enough money that you feel amazing when you serve your clients and you feel like you can serve them at a very high level and that you're easily covering your costs and you're paying yourself. You need to be paying yourself. That is so, so important. So April, tell us about. Yeah. Yeah. So that, what I was going to say is yes. like, if you are struggling <laughs> with your costs and how to keep track of all your books or just especially having your own business it can be really overwhelming and you know you might not feel you're not quite ready to hire that uh, bookkeeper and such but you know that is in your future because you are going to grow that business large you know and be as big as it can but a really great book is profit first uh, i think it's mike mccall's no i'm calwicks right? yeah <laughs> yeah he uh he's the author of that book and like i think every entrepreneur or whatever business owner have always really pushed that book or just really recommended it. Um, and it is, it's a great book to help with, you know, changing your mindset around how you should be making money in your business and where you should put your money and such. So that is definitely one of my recommendations when it comes to that. I mean, my background is in accounting, so I understand you've got to have your costs and you understand all your marketing and such. So you've got to think about your debts and credits and all that fun things, but it is important to have your prices at a higher price, when you want to have profit, you've got to, like we said, think about your expenses, but you also have to like enjoy what you're doing and not like you said, like the energy draining and such it can be a lot. And then when you want to hire Laura and I, <laughs> you've had to have to have your prices higher because you have to be able to afford to pay us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to throw that in there. <laughs> no, I think it's great. And you know, at the end of the day, we all need to be able to take care of our horses and that's why we're here. And I, so I was actually, there's a gal at my barn who's helping out for the summer and she's in vet school and she's always been a horse lover and she's deciding if she wants to do kind of like small exotics or equine vet. And I didn't realize even at that level, when we all complained about getting price gouged for our vets, equine vets make an average of like $70,000 a year. And those exotic vets for exotic animals make like 250 or more. And so as an industry, we all need to come up, up, up in our prices and we all need to do better for our horses because right now when you have a lesson program and your horse gets too old to serve you, you either have to put it down or send it to the kill lot and hope that it gets picked up by somebody good. And that sucks and that is a huge problem. So if we can all come up, then we can all say, nope, I have that account because I set it aside in my profit first and I've got money to feed that horse in my pasture and they're going to have a great retirement and that's how it's going to be. And I wish every single business in our industry had the ability to do that. Mm -hmm. So we joke that we want you to pay us, but we really as a whole want the industry to come up and right. do better on living higher quality lives as human beings and giving our horses better quality lives. Yeah. Just like to think, you know, there's associations out there or memberships or clubs and they're charging like $30 a year. And, and it's like, how do you, you know, you have all these expenses, but and then you want to offer all these perks and stuff. But, but, and I know as myself as a member, if I really want that mem membership or such, then I'm going to invest in that because I know it'll help my business. 
So I would put more into that cost. Um, even to going to events, I've, you know, paid more for an event than for like an annual cost at that. So it's just, you've got to, as a, as our industry, we've just got to, yeah, we've got to come up and we've got to have the, stop having the thought like we own horses and we're always broke. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. It doesn't doesn't have to be that way at all. And you know, at the end of the day, our horses are, our horses cost us a lot of money. I'm joining a trail riding association just locally you know a group to go riding with and it's $35 a year for a family membership and I'm thinking like it costs me $35 to get my truck and trailer from my house to my barn and gas like that they could have easily charged me $250 a year and it still would have felt like a drop in the bucket compared to the cost of MJ overall and so it's just thinking about that from a business standpoint and how many, how many fewer members could they have and still cover their costs at 250 versus 35. And now they have really dedicated members. Yes. And I would be Active. very dedicated and mm-hmm. want to show up. And this week they're going out riding and I'm like, Oh, it's going to be over 95 degrees. So I'm probably not going to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then you might be more motivated to go if you'd paid more. <laughs> if I paid $250, I would have <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> on the trailer, MJ, we're going to hose you down and you're going to be cool. and It's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. It changes the mindset completely. And that's what we're trying to say is like, you, you're going to get that different client. You're going to get that ideal person. Um, it's going to really transform your business. It's going to transform the industry um, as a whole. April and I started 2020 with a full calendar of horse business events. We had planned to meet in person multiple times, and we were really looking forward to networking with other business owners. 2020 has proven to be a major wrecking ball, but we don't want you to give up on you. We don't want to give up on our dream of attending an awesome business summit. So we are hosting a virtual one ourselves. We're going to hold the summit at the beginning of October and feature 12 guest speakers on topics from finance and legal to building a business from the ground up and everything in between. You can purchase your ticket by going to raininyourherd.com slash 2020. We can't wait to get to know you better in October. See you then. So, but to take a little bit of a break <laughs> from the serious talk, we'll do our fun horsey update. I'm just going to talk about how, you know, how we're getting back into riding and everything with everything that's been going on. Um, well, for me <laughs> personally, I haven't really gotten into riding. It just kind of opened up in Germany um, and the barns have to still be really um, touch and go with like sanitizing and such and um, the babysitters just opened back up. So I was full on into my business, but maybe in a week or two, I'll be riding in, or at least going to see a horse. Like I just need to go see a horse, smell a horse, <laughs> touch a horse. Like I don't need to ride right now. I just need to have the interaction. And then, but my yeah. horse, my horse back in Washington with my friend has been having the life and you know, ridden out on the beach, riding through waves. No, you know, nothing's going wrong over there. He's living the life, so, but I'm happy. He's happy, so that's all that matters. <laughs> well, this is also opening the door for you to get back with him, finally. Yeah. So, yeah. have you made a decision about shipping yet? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I had talked to a little bit of a, some transport uh, transport companies and stuff, and um, it's kind of like, so I have to see a little bit more if it's going to work out enough if I can get him out in July. I want to get him out in July and then um, have him there's a barn or something that I want to be at and she could ride them for me and such. And then once I get there, then I could ride them and, or at least see him that way. He's not completely like just not being ridden for a month and such. So. Right. But it would be 
nice to have him kind of acclimated. Yeah, yeah. So yeah he's going to he's gonna kill me. He's like, <laughs> I've gone to Georgia to Washington, back to Georgia, back to Washington, and now I'm going to Texas. Yeah. <laughs> this poor horse. <laughs> but he, he does great, and he does really great in travel. Like, he doesn't have any crazy poops, which I know is the fun part with horse people. We know if our horses are upset by what's going on <laughs> with that area. So, but no, usually he's a happy camper, jumps on the trailer every day and goes along. Sometimes it's a little convincing to get on the trailer depending on what type of trailer, but otherwise it's pretty easy. That's fantastic. Yeah, I just can't wait until we have a horsey update where you say, I rode King. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'll come. It'll be this year. It has to be this year. It has to be this year. <laughs> or I'll go crazy. If it's not, we'll just, I'll just shove the desk back in the corner and put the guest bed up and you can both come here. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. So for me, um, during the situation, I kind of made the decision not to trailer out anywhere because MJ and I hadn't done that yet. And um, I just didn't want to be another... Like, I didn't want to be taking up a bed in the hospital because I wanted to go ride my horse when other people needed it or something real. <laughs> so, um, but last weekend, we finally were able to trailer out. We went up to a friend's ranch in the next town over, and we did six miles at a really fantastic ranch that's just owned by the BLM, and it's like 3,000 acres or something. It's huge, and there's tons of trails that go every which way, and you can go easy or hard. And MJ went in a river for the first time, and she did it willingly, and she did not try to roll and go for a swim. So, <laughs> very happy. <Win>. Yes. <laughs> um, and they have it all blocked off so that you can't get motorized vehicles through. So the horses actually have to kind of like hop over a little barrier to get onto the trails. And she didn't miss a beach. She just followed the horse primer, went right through. So. I was super happy that she handled herself like an excellent horse. She seemed to really enjoy herself, and we had fun. So that's a huge step in the right direction for us. Yay. That's awesome. That's really great. All right. So as you've noticed, or we've talked about, that this is the one year. Um, so this marks that one full year of uh, producing Rain in the Herd podcast. So we want to celebrate, and we want to celebrate big. Uh, we've decided to collaborate with a ton of great equine brands and businesses uh, during the month of July. So there's going to be a couple of things that go on, but like the first one is we're partnering with Equivant and they were on our podcast. So I believe it was the last podcast episode last that episode. they were on. Yeah. Um, and we're doing a giveaway with them and that's going to run the whole month of July. And that is your requirement for that to enter in for that one is to leave um a review our show like we really want to know um, and it also gives you a chance to be featured on the podcast when you leave a review but leave a review by the 31st and that um will be announced on august 3rd of who wins that one and and then so the next thing we're going to be doing is we'll be running giveaways um starting this monday on instagram um, and all the information for those will be on Instagram. So we don't have to overload you on all of that. And you have to re-listen to the podcast episode a million times. I mean, if you want to, you can <laughs> to get all the information. It'll be but, really great for our ratings. So yeah. feel free. <laughs> yeah. But um, all that information will be on Instagram and who's all participating and such. And you're going to love all uh, everyone that's in there. There's going to be tons of awesome prizes. And I really wish I could get some of <laughs> these prizes. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a, a buttload of horsey awesome horsey prizes so yes get excited about that yes all right 
So now we want to jump into our next, well, it's kind of going along with the same topic, but a little bit different. <laughs> um, so the scarcity versus abundance topic. Um, I know we were talking a little bit with it with price and such with the scarcity mindset. Um, you've probably heard these terms. You might even think they are a little too woo-woo because -woo, <laughs> you hear them a lot. I know you hear them a lot on Facebook or in Facebook groups or with coaches and such, but um, we are going to make it super practical and easy to understand why it's important to have an abundant mindset in your business. Uh, you can't operate from a place of, I need more money to survive. Um, it's just super stressful and you're always feeling super overwhelmed and like we we're saying that next day you're always just like thinking about the next day instead of the future but you instead we it's want you to like <laughs> Go ahead. i've operated from there before and you just feel physically ill every day mm -hmm. you can't you can't run a business successfully if you feel physically ill every day and you can't have a quality life as a human being. Right. Yeah. And it's like, what's the point of running your own business? Why not just go back to corporate? They control everything. Like, why do I have to be stressed out and all this stuff when I could just let corporate run it? And now I'm not going to be happy. I'm sitting at a desk and I can't go ride whenever I want to, but you know, what's the pros and cons here? <laughs> <laughs> So we, you know, we just want you to operate from I can serve people or horses in an incredible way. We talk a lot on the podcast about the importance of having an online offer, especially in the uncertain environment we are in right now. It can be super intimidating to know how to create your offer, even what that offer should be, and what technology is best to use to deliver it. We will answer these questions for you while showing you exactly what your online offer could look like in our free masterclass on August 19th. We can't wait for you to join us. All you have to do is sign up by going to reininyourherd.com slash masterclass. When you operate from a scarcity mindset, you make everything about you and that makes it super hard for your business to thrive. Your business is yours, but it isn't about you. It's about the people you serve. Um, and that also makes it where maybe you're always trying to learn how to do everything in your business. Maybe you've signed up for this um, crazy business course over here, this how to use this platform over here. Now I want to learn how to use LinkedIn. I want to learn how to use Facebook. I need to learn how to run my website. And you're trying to do all these things and now you've lost your mind, like mindset of where, who you're serving, what's your why, and now you're trying to learn all this. Now you're focused everywhere else. And when you need to stay on the one point of who you're actually trying to serve, and make that kind of money, change that mindset to abundance that you're going to get there, but you're going to hire people over here, or you're going to do what you need to do, put the systems in place so that you can keep going down that one line. It's okay. Like we say, we always, you always need a website because you can't build on borrowed land, but it's okay to do everything in stages. Like don't try to wear all the hats at once and right. burn out. Don't try to make your own website. That's terrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just wait till you, wait till you can invest in one. Yes, you need one someday, but you don't need one tomorrow and trying to make your own it's probably not gonna be very good and it's gonna take you like a million hours yeah so then it's like i've tried to kind of talk to some of my clients about it. it's like you've hired me to do all the fun techie stuff well i think it's fun all the techie <laughs> techie stuff because if you did what i'm trying to do i know you get frustrated some people get so frustrated with it and it takes them days to do what i can do maybe in an hour, if not less, like it depends on what the, it is, but like I can do it in such a short time. And instead you could have spent all that time doing what you're best at and making your money and doing what making you're the money. 
paying yeah. you and then yeah. they get to go kick their feet up and enjoy their life instead of making all that money and then being exhausted and having to take half a day off and want to yeah. throw their computer through the window which mm-hmm. if you're not april you know about wanting to throw your computer through the window <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know I i've always been like okay i've never really gotten too frustrated with a computer i always love clicking on buttons which scares everybody i'm like no let's just click on this button and it's like we well, can usually control z it it'll be fine <laughs> like control z is my best friend <laughs> Most of the time, you can undo whatever you've just done. Like, if there's a software that you can't, then I get a little more serious about it. But usually, the undo button is my friend. So. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, your clients don't come to you because they want to support you and give you money. They come to you for whatever product or service you provide because that thing benefits them. So, like I said, just staying down your lane, doing what you do best. Lane. Yeah, and I, I see I I occasionally see content about like I really need a client if I'm gonna keep my doors open. And that's like really hard to swallow as someone who's considering investing in you because I don't want you concentrating on keeping your doors open. I want you concentrating on serving me and giving me an awesome experience. So just be even if you're struggling, like it April's going to talk in a minute about how it's not always easy just to be like, I'm going to change my mindset today and everything's going to be great. That's not really how it works. I actually wish it would. <laughs> but being careful about what you're putting out to the public face mm-hmm. is really important, even if you are having a hard time embracing the right mindset. And like, you can always keep what you're struggling with right now and then coming back to it and then referencing it in a future post and saying, I was really struggling at that point. You may have not noticed just because I didn't know how to share it without it looking bad, but right? That's when my business was really growing then. And I learned a lot for me personally. I've always like, if I'm struggling in something, I'm like, just keep pushing right around in the corner. There'll be a huge opportunity. And that's always how it's happened. And I'm really grateful for that. I was actually getting my MBA last year and doing business because there's a lot of times like if I was just doing my business, I might've given up, but because I knew I had a lot on my plate. I just kept pushing and I'm happy for it. I have had so many other opportunities right around the corner. Um, and like I said, my business is still shifting and it's still growing and I'm, I'm loving it. And when those hard times come, I know that they're coming and that I can just keep pushing forward. <laughs> I'm going to make it through it. Yes. <laughs> Um, so when you operate from an abundance mindset that flows through everything you do, you approach your customers with better service, you create better marketing content, and you only take on clients you can truly make a difference for. So you're having tons of passion into what you're putting out there. Um, that's why like you might not see me on Instagram as much as because it takes a lot of energy out of me to write content. I rather put a YouTube video out or do this podcast episode or make videos and such I I am not a writer I'm a numbers person that's why I love tech so it takes a lot out of me to write and there are some days I love to write and then I take advantage of it and I write as much as I can um, but most of the time I'd rather just do visuals and and it's not to say I don't stutter or do anything crazy it's just easier for me and I'm more feel it doesn't drain you to create yeah. content mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah like I can write all day and be like life is good yeah, like you typed out this episode really fast, and then we talked. I was like, I don't know how you did that that fast. This has been taking me all day, to be honest. Like, I knew what topic I wanted to talk about, and I knew like what we wanted to talk about. But to type out our bullet points, it would have no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so I mean that really goes back to letting go of what isn't serving you. You know, you were like, mm-hmm. 
creating content for Instagram is exhausting me and not doing any good. So you let it go. And that's, mm-hmm. your business hasn't suffered for that. Your business is doing fine. Yeah. You'll still see me in the Instagram stories because I love doing the videos. But <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, one of the best ways to embrace an abundance mindset is to surround yourself with people who are already doing it. So you can join a mastermind, seek out a business coach, attend networking events. I know it's a little tough right now, but the future you can do those. The situation um, will end. Yeah. <laughs> and being social on social media. So, I mean, Laura and I both have invested in a business coach. Um, it's been really great. It just changes your mindset a ton and just understanding what other industries do too. And just, I really love our business coach. We have the same one she recommended in such an, but I love how she kind of thinks outside of the box and really embraces a lot of things that I really enjoy and such. So, um, it's been really great for me. And then I'm in another kind of mastermind too. And just, that's been like life changing and just, just seeing other people doing it too. And being in that room of knowing that other people can do what I'm doing and they're doing it successfully. is just really rewarding. Yeah. If you're surrounding yourself by people that are complaining about where they're at in life, not doing anything about it, it's time to really take a look at where you're hanging out and get, get around people who are doing what you want to do. It's totally okay to be, you know, the perfect example of me with MJ showing up with this super green horse at a barn with a trainer who knew what she was doing. Like I was intimidated as heck, but if I hadn't found her, MJ would have straight up eaten me because she has, she does not suffer fools and she has no patience Mm -hmm. for my lack of horsemanship skills. She says, get to it or get out of my way. (laughs) Yeah. And Arabians are very smart. So they're, they're good at doing that. If you don't know what you're doing, they can definitely get you. (laughs) They'll do it for you. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) So thankfully I surrounded myself by someone who was way, way better than me and my skills have come up to match my horse and we're doing fine. Um, but had I not done that, had I have gone to a place where I was the best horseman in the room, I would have been in trouble. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And even me, yeah, I love to go to and learn tons from different trainers. Um, like I've tried so many disciplines and I know like some people like to stay in their lane, like we've talked about with business, but with something that's my hobby, I enjoy learning from so many different trainers, just how you train the horses and how you work with the horses and such, but I mean, I've tried cutting, I've tried mounted shooting, and it's just all been fun. And it's, I just, I'm always love learning. So that's my thing. <laughs> I think that's really important as a business yeah. owner. You have to love learning because the landscape, I mean, just look at how much the landscape has changed in 2020. Mm-hmm. Your head yeah. should be spinning. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. you have to be ready to learn and adapt and, you know, try something new all the time. What you're doing today will probably not be what you're doing five years from now, but just keep learning and adapting and mm-hmm. just you know maintain that why maintain that why it doesn't matter how you're getting there it matters that you're getting there yeah just like for, for me my why is to serve you know businesses online help them grow online and mine has completely shifted when I first started my com- my business my company well, I mean I guess it is but my business and um, I was wanting to serve everybody with serving anybody with what they needed on tech um, and then I shifted to where I was only doing equine people and kind of still helping them with whatever they needed. And now I've like shifted down to like, I have three offers and I'm helping the equine people with these three offers and that's it. 
like it. and it's made life tons easier but those shifts have happened over the two years because my business turned to last month so uh, <laughs> it is it's shifted so much so yeah just kind of you have to embrace that my abundance mindset isn't something that happens overnight <laughs> i know laura said it already but it does not happen overnight it's something you have to constantly work at when you find yourself operating from a scarcity mindset you know just catch yourself like okay why why am i thinking like this you know stop take a break sometimes you just need a day off like oh. <laughs> that's a huge thing is sometimes you just need a day off i know as entrepreneurs as business owners we're constantly working to especially in the beginning, constantly really trying to get out there, reach all the people we need to. Um, like Laura and I, we have our own businesses and we have the podcast and then we have our client, like, I mean, it doesn't go in that order, but that's all those things we have. So and they're like, you know what? I'm taking a break. I, I need a mental break, but that it's important to do that because it refreshes your mind. So important. And I think the more, the deeper into the scarcity you are, the more important it is to take a break. Like it seems like when I need another client, I need to keep working until I get another client. But sometimes it's not brute force that gets you another client. It's allowing the forces that be to get you what you need and the forces that be need you to take some space and come down off of that just intense craziness to give you what you need. So it feels very hard to be like, if I don't get two more clients this week, I'm done but I'm going to take a day off. Like yeah. that sounds so it's, it, it feels so scary to do that. But then when you let your mind relax and you can, I don't, okay, okay. I'm going to think about this a little bit, even on your day off, you can, you're not working, but you're just brainstorming a little bit or such. And you just come from a more relaxed state when you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. My very best business ideas have been out there in the dirt, in the garden. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm ready for the back being back in the barn because that's usually where mine come from. Or I know this is going to sound weird, but when I take a hot shower, <laughs> I, that's where some of the best ideas have come from for me. But yeah, it's like the the action happens at the desk or you know wherever it yeah. is that you're doing the work. But the ideas and the, the yeah, genius the, happens when you're taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I think Which what authors getting clean for me is walling in the dirt. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I know for like what authors and such, they say sometimes they wake up in the middle of the night and have to like write down because they're like either dreaming it or just thinking of it. Or, so that's kind of their mind is at rest. And now they're thinking about all these great ideas. So that's the same idea of like taking a day off. Yeah. Your mind does awesome things when it's at rest. You have to give it a chance to do that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So we're not saying, you know, hustle, 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 hustle. We're saying, okay, do what you got to do. Stay in your lane and take a break but keep keep steady (laughs) yep keep going small small steps with an abundance mindset while thinking like a ceo are going it's going to get you where you want to be yeah thanks again for listening to this podcast episode to find out more information on our podcast episodes make sure you check out our website reigninyourherd.com you can also find us on multiple social media platforms such as YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. I'm April Hardiman, and I'm the owner of Make It Rain, where I help equine businesses grow their exposure online, either through social media, email marketing, SEO, membership websites, or all the techie stuff. I'm just your average tech-savvy equestrian. And if you want to know how to grow your herd, make sure you go check out my Facebook group called Grow Your Herd. And I'm Laura, the word wrangler. 
I help horse business owners grow their online communities without being slimy, salesy, or sleazy. I love writing and telling online stories and teaching other people to do the same. So that's exactly what I do through my business, Unbridled Content Marketing. If you want to learn more about creating a community around your business, come check out my Facebook group, The Word Wranglers Community.